everyone. Welcome to Intention is Everything. I'm your host, Karen Frazier. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Cheryl Knight-Wilson. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Karen. How are you today? Good. Did you have a good new year? Yeah, we had a really quiet, relaxing new year. It was really nice. How about you? I didn't even stay up till midnight. (laughs) You know what? I fell asleep around 1130 and then Chad came in and woke me up and we said, Happy New Year, and then went back to sleep. (laughs) Well, the fireworks woke me up. Yeah, okay. so, because my I, I live in a town where we like our fireworks here in this town. And so, yeah. so any firework shooting off occasion, it will happen. And it's happening. Some, yeah, even some that aren't firework occasions, we still <laughs> have them. So, life in a small town. Wonderful. Um, anyway, so our guest today, I'm excited to talk to. She was actually referred to us um, by our friend Bob Fountain who has been with us on um, the podcast when we were Paranormal Underground Radio, and he is one of her students. Her name is Annie Paulus, and she is um, many things, a Reiki master, uh, a life coach, a meditation coach, and many other things as well. So we're excited to talk to her. Annie, welcome to Intention is Everything. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, I could have sworn. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. I could have sworn when Bob told us, well, you need to talk to her. I said to, I said to Cheryl, we've interviewed her before. And Cheryl, that is right. This is my second time here. See, Cheryl, yeah. I don't know why you can't. I don't know why you can't find it. I can't find it. I can't. We find... have talked to her before. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> yes, you I... have. Yeah. Well, okay. And in fact, Bob referred me last time too. And I was there, I think maybe 2015 or maybe 16. Oh, I, I feel am so much sorry. I yeah. can't, okay. Bob said, absolutely. She's been on your show. And I yeah, said, me I too. can't find yeah. the recording. I couldn't, I cannot find the recording. I don't know why. Yeah. Karen, you said it too. And I've been searching for the recording. I might have a copy reason. of the recording. I'll have to look up too. But okay. I, think I, did I am so sorry. I, oh, no I'm problem. Just, um, uh, yeah. So welcome back. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Welcome back. And you and I have a <laughs> You and I have a lot in common. We do a lot of the same things. Um, yeah, I, I remember. I do the Reiki and stuff too. But you, right. um, you do a lot of different types of Reiki that, that I don't even know anything about. Yeah, actually, when I started off with my Reiki training, I was so excited. I first did my Osoi Reiki training, and I was just so excited with Reiki and energy healing that I just wanted to learn more and more different modalities. But honestly, if you just know any one type of Reiki, that's more than enough because it's really the same thing. It has just been after taking like five, six different types of Reiki courses, I realized that it's the same thing. Yeah. 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 I, I, so you I, don't I, really I, need to learn yeah. the different types. I've done a couple. I, I've done like Karuna Kai and, yeah. um, and Raku Reiki. And so, and yeah, they are kind of all the same thing. They just sort of have different symbols. Different symbols. Yeah. 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 They're different and, symbols with different intentionalities. But what I've realized is symbols, they are your connection to source energy. And you can go into a meditative state and come up with your own symbols. And that is pretty much the case with most of the Reiki masters who came up with the different types of Reikis. They came up with those symbols usually in a meditative state. So Mikao Soi, he came up with the Reiki symbols. He received the Reiki symbols after meditation. That is a story that I heard or I read that after a 21-day meditation period, he received this energetic download and he had these symbols in his mind as a vision. And, you know, you can go into a meditative state and you can always ask source or the universe to provide to you a symbol that would be your unique representation with source energy. And then you can start using that symbol in your healing sessions. And the more you use those symbols, the more that symbol gets charged with that particular intention. Sure. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, I do something similar, but I do it with like crystals and singing bowls. Which one is for me? Which one is my connection to source energy? Um, and I believe that they choose us. And so what you're essentially saying is that the symbols choose us as well. Yes, absolutely. I love that. So I'm going to actually let Cheryl start with the questions because uh, you and I have so much in common that I would yeah. like I would like Cheryl to ask questions that I probably won't think of because I just assume sure. everybody knows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a lot of questions here, but first of all, I have solved the mystery about why I did not find your podcast. <laughs> oh, good. How, what is do, you, it? do you have a new last name? <laughs> uh, possibly. Maybe you could look under Anindata Roy. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, we have it under Roy. And for some possibly, reason. Yeah, yeah. Because I got married later on and I changed my yes, name. Yes, and actually, okay. my official name is still Roy. But okay. I go Wallace. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank <laughs> congratulations. And if Thank our you. listeners want to find that original podcast, they can go to Podpeen or iTunes. The date is October 1st of 2015. And um, uh, it's, it's under Anandita Roy. Reiki healer and so you can just you know get get two shows that's yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be great um and I'm glad we're get, getting to talk to you again and get, get an update and and get get more you know drill down into this topic because it is fascinating um so you mentioned to Karen just now that you got you were fascinated upon um getting into Reiki and right. I'm just wondering what actually led you there. How did how did your journey begin? Yeah, it's interesting that you asked that question because it's a very interesting story. So back in 2007, I was in India and I was working at American Express, and there was this woman who started doing free meditation classes there once a week after office hours, and I had never tried meditation before that. But I have always been very intrigued by meditation and self-healing, even though back then I didn't really have much idea. I think the only idea back then that I had is I had attended a Art of Living seminar. I don't know if you have heard mm-hmm. about that. It is taught by Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. And he has different Art of Living retreats all over the world, in fact. Even here in the U.S., he has a couple of Art of Living centers. So the Art of Living was... I did have a little bit meditation experience there, but it was primarily pranayam, that is like pranic breathing techniques. And I found that very beneficial for my health, especially back in India, because the pollution levels there is so high. Mm-hmm. I used to have breathing problem, but with the pranayam breathing techniques, it was very, very good. And it just helped me a lot with my breathing problems. So, wow. yeah. And then when this meditation opportunity came up, I was just uh, very interested, very intrigued, actually, just to give it a try. And what happened is during one of these sessions, she was guiding us through a visualization. And later on, after the session was over, me and this woman, we were in the elevator together. And we were just chatting. And she asked if during, my, during the meditation session, if I had a certain vision. And she exactly described that vision. And I was so surprised at how in the world she knew that that is the vision that I got. I was just, she was uh, doing a guided meditation and she was asking us to visualize a room, a peaceful room. And the way she described the room was exactly the room that I was visualizing. So that just triggered my interest even more. And that woman was also a Reiki practitioner. And then another of my colleagues happened to meet a Reiki practitioner. So it just started happening. So I think one thing just led to the other. And then I eventually ended up taking my Reiki level one class back in India and then the two and three, I came here in the U.S. and finished that. And yeah, I mean, things just kept happening just like that. I mean, I just had a desire in my mind and then somebody would show up who knew something yeah. about that, who gave me some kind of information about that. And then I just followed that lead and it just led wow. me to the next thing and the next thing. So after Reiki, then I also got into reconnective healing. I think that was through a Facebook group that I was part of where people were talking about reconnective healing and the reconnection which is taught by Dr. Eric Pearl. That is another form of energy healing modality. So that was a very interesting experience too. So yeah, and yeah, one thing just yeah. led to the other. I, I love hearing how, you know, when, when somebody's path just kind of just right there, keeps, yeah. you know, just falls in line and there it is. And yeah, yeah, and I never imagined that one day I would be a Reiki practitioner and teacher myself and that would be my full-time work. <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. Well, for those who have never experienced Reiki, can you describe the process of Reiki? Sure. Like the process in the sense uh, from the practitioner's point of view or from the receiver's point of view? Let's start. Can you start from the receiver's point of view? Sure. I mean, from the receiver's point of view, it would be very different for each person. So it is not something that can be specifically described. Although there are certain common things that people sometimes experience based on, you know, sometimes some people are more visual. So people who are naturally more visual, they might see colors or visions during a Reiki session. Wow. People who are more kinesthetic, more connected to their feelings, they might have sensations in their bodies. 
like a feeling of like maybe a cold wave or a heat wave or tingling sensations in different parts of the body and some people who are very auditory they might even hear something they might have messages from source or you know some kind of guidance or spiritual guidance or something so it really depends on what their primary modality is mm-hmm. and it also varies from person to person and some people might not feel anything at all and i always tell this in my reiki workshops as well that if even if you don't feel anything don't get disappointed because it's always good to not have a fixed expectation that how a session is going to feel because mm-hmm. often when you talk to somebody and that person has had some you know really strong experiences like they felt shivers going through their body and they saw colors and visions and had sensations and feelings maybe they even had an emotional release some people actually cry because they have this wow. emotional release during a reiki mm-hmm. session but not everybody is the same not everybody is energetically at the same place so it is a combination of so many different factors it is a combination of the universal energies where the person is energetically and how these two things when they come together you know it's like a chemical reaction so when two different components come together the reaction is one way but mm-hmm. in this particular case even though the universal energies are the same but the person's energy is not the same and even if you do the session on the same person but two different times that person is always dynamic i mean i am not the same person today i'll not be the same person tomorrow and you might i might look the same you know in one day you will not see much of a difference but even in terms of science scientifically speaking hundreds and thousands of my body cells will be dying and new cells would be you know created in within just 24 hours so a lot would have changed even in me i'm i'll not be the same person even within 24 mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. so it kind of varies a lot so what would um the person who comes to you for uh reiki treatments what kind of benefits would they get out of those treatments the benefits are actually is mind body and emotional benefits so it's not like medicine like when we think about medicine if i'm having a headache i take a painkiller and the headache is gone mm-hmm. so that is how traditional like conventional western medicine is like but with reiki because it is energy healing it works on all levels at the same time so sometimes what happens is if somebody has a headache it might be gone but sometimes it might even increase for a while and sometimes it might just go away but after some time sometimes it might go away instantaneously okay. because again because it is energetic it is working on so many different levels it usually starts working on your root level which is your energy level if you imagine the human body like a onion which has layers of peels so we have not just a physical body but we have an energy body we have an emotional body astral body so the reiki energy starts working on all these levels and based on which level needs the most work this i mean i always tell this in the workshops too that this energy it is intelligent energy it is all knowing energy so the energy already knows where it needs to be working and what would be the path of least resistance for that particular person so maybe the same energy will be working in a certain way for a different person and working completely differently for somebody else because these two people even though they have the exact same problems but maybe one person is more receptive emotionally mm-hmm. when it comes to emotional healing and maybe the other person would be more receptive towards their maybe astral body healing or maybe you have a thought body from the mental body so it would really vary from person to person so the path of least resistance is going to be different for different people and so the way the energy expresses itself and the way it is experienced by the person is also going to be different but what is the same as that it is always working on all levels at the same time and it is intelligent energy and it is always working it starts working at the root cause not just the symptoms but at the root so not just healing the pain but also the cause of the pain it could be stress it could be some other imbalances in the body so it starts working at the root so sometimes it could take a little bit of time before you actually start seeing long lasting results okay so it does not work as a pill which will just have instant effects mm-hmm. even though sometimes it does so um where is this he- where is this intelligent energy where where what's the source of the intelligent energy the energy is everywhere 
Is so it from the is, earth or? Well, you know, different Reiki modalities channel energy from different sources. Mm-hmm. So there are some Reiki practitioners who say that the energy is coming from the earth. There are some who say that it's coming from the different plants. Like in Celtic Reiki, sometimes you use the energy of different types of trees and plants. But where is the energy coming from even to the earth? Where does the earth get its energy from? Where do the plants get the energy from? You might okay. say it's coming from the sun, but where is sun getting its energy from? Where is right. the, you know, what is energizing the entire creation? Mm-hmm. So I just like to call it the power that knows the way. It's just okay. universal energy that is just everywhere. It has no beginning. Mm-hmm. It has no end. It, it just always is. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, it really has no sense. I mean, it really right. has no specific source. I know like in the human world, we tend to think very linearly, like, you know, everything has a, has a beginning and an end. But in the energetic mm-hmm. realm, things don't really exist in a linear fashion. So does that relate to what's called bioenergy therapy? Yeah, it is the same thing. It is same thing. pretty okay. much the same thing. I mean, all kinds of energy medicine... It might have a different branding. It might have a different label or, you know, just a different way or different techniques of doing it. But at the end of the day, the, the basis is the same. The principles mm-hmm. are still the same. So I was reading your website and for our listeners, please go to the website and we'll, we'll have that link for you a little bit later. But it's, your website is, it presents some really great information that encapsulates explanations into really easy to read and understand little blurbs. <laughs> so I love that. Oh, okay, um, that's great. And, it, and just reading it, I got a lot of information, which I love. But you talked about a bioelectromagnetism, mm-hmm. and, um, which it says is the study of the human energy field. Yeah. Um, and how that is focused on how organs and tissues produce fields of unique magnetic frequencies. Right. And I think that's totally fascinating. And so can you talk a little bit about that and specifically how can altering these energy fields prevent or reverse disease? Yeah, sure. So not just the tissues and cells of our bodies, but literally every single thing in the universe is energy. And in fact, We all learned about this in school, but it was just not presented in in this particular manner. And we all studied in physics that everything is energy and energy can never be created nor be destroyed. But we just never thought about our bodies being energy. But quantum physicists have proved that, you know, for a long time, we thought that the atom was the smallest matter of creation. Mm -hmm. But when you break down an atom, you can actually break it down into electrons and protons and neutrons. But when you break them down even to smaller particles, then it is just a photon. And a photon is nothing but a cloud of light energy. And what that basically means is that this entire universe and all the solid matter that we see is just light energy. And an atom is just light energy, clouds of light energy, which are held together by unseen magnetic bonds, just energetic bonds. So that is just, and you know, there is a whole lot of empty space. That's what an atom is. And that's how this entire physical universe is created. So solid matter is not really that solid. And so because everything is energy at its very core and it is the same energy, then how is it that something looks like, you know, a man and then the same energy manifests like a woman and the Mm -hmm. same energy also manifests like a plant or vegetable or fruit and, you know, animals we have so much variety here. That is because even though it is the same energy, but it is a different frequency of the same energy, a different vibratory signature. Like we all have fingerprints, unique fingerprints by which you can be identified. Same way we all have our unique vibratory signatures. And that's why things appear different. Even humans, not everybody appears the same way, even though we do have the same organs and everything. Because energetically, we still have a unique signature. And the signature can be changed. And the, the easiest way and actually the only way to change that energetic signature in a long-term basis is by changing your thoughts because your thoughts are nothing but energy. And even that has been proved by science 
the power of thoughts and how thoughts can influence matter because matter is nothing but energy and thoughts are energy too and there was this very interesting experiment that was done um where uh, a group of scientists they got some people to come to a to their lab and then they made them uh, project their thought to mm-hmm. the cells in a test tube and these cells were blood cells and the blood cells they were mixed with saline solution so what happens when you mix red blood cells with a saline solution with the saline water is that uh, it causes the cell membranes to break and then the red blood cells die but when these group of people they were asked to focus on these test tubes and to visualize that these cells stay healthy and alive and when they did that then the cells actually stayed alive for a much longer time than under regular circumstances and then they replicated the same thing but in this case the person was not in direct contact with the test tube the test tube was in a different building and they were only shown picture of the test tube and they had the same results again so which means that whether the thing is in their vicinity or not it didn't matter energetically it was all connected and they were able to change the the activity of the red blood cells even when it was far away in a different building wow so, so basically you can change the bioenergy field of any item any object using your mind using your mm-hmm. intention mm-hmm. because energy flows where attention goes whatever you put your focus on to is where the energy is flowing and just using your intention you can change the energetic field of any object or any any person including the cells and tissues of your body and that's pretty much what happens during a reiki session it's the reiki practitioner's intention that makes energy flow in a certain manner and brings the body into a state of balance and wholeness so visualization it's it's a form of visualization in a way it does involve visualization and also of course intention mhm okay okay karen i'm sorry i'm hogging up all the questions no that's <laughs> okay this <laughs> i'm just listening it's all good um i always like to hear other people talk about energy and energy healing um because i get so entrenched in the way that i explain things so it's always nice to hear other people explain them because they might explain it a little differently than me so I dig that. Um so Annie, I wanted to talk to you about um NLP, neuro-linguistic programming because I know that sure. you also do that. And yeah. um I use a little bit of NLP because I think it's a pretty powerful tool and it's a it very is. it's it's an empowering tool. So yeah. Can you explain for our listeners what NLP is and how one could use it in an empowering way? Sure, yeah. NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming and so literally it reprograms your mind and eventually of course your life and it can be used for faster learning for creating better relationships greater success um sometimes people also use it for you know uh, persuasion and negotiation like sales people often use certain nlp uh, techniques for that it can be used for eliminating fears and phobias for um, low self esteem So basically it is really the study of so when NLP was founded the founders they studied the top achievers and they realized how the brain of the top achievers works differently than those who are not achieving the same results and they realized that if one person is able to achieve something you can actually learn and you can teach that to somebody else to achieve the same results so it is just like at a score it is about changing how you think can actually transform what you think that is the basis of nlp so when you change how you think about things you transform what you think and that leads to modification of your behavior and your thought patterns and you can modify them to suit your projected goals so that is why nlp is such a powerful and empowering tool that it can definitely help creating new behavioral patterns new patterns of thought and break free of your old limiting beliefs and patterns that are not serving you anymore and that are not helping you to achieve your goals 
Well, and it dovetails really well with the energy work you do. It um, does, yeah. The way that I use NLP with um, in my energy work is that, you know, that blissed out feeling you have when you're at the end of a meditation or the yeah. end of a session, I anchor it. That's Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Anchoring is a very powerful NLP technique. Yeah. Yeah. So could you explain anchoring and maybe give an example so that somebody who has no knowledge of anything about NLP could anchor a behavior or anchor a feeling or anchor something so that just by listening to this podcast, they can maybe change something about themselves. Yeah, sure. I mean, anchoring is one of the easiest NLP technique, actually. And Tony Robbins is known for using anchoring technique very often when he's doing his seminars uh, on stage. So anchoring is nothing but just a physical sensation that you, it's literally like an anchor, you know, an anchor that you use for a boat. It just keeps the boat in that place. So the anchor is a physical sensation that you refer to every single time you have a certain emotional state. And what it is meant to achieve is that every single time, eventually after you've practiced the anchor a certain number of times, after you've repeated it and your brain and your literally your body memorizes it, so to speak, then every single time you repeat that particular motion or anchor, then the same emotion is triggered every time. So what you can use it for is, let's say somebody gets very nervous while public speaking or um, during an interview. So they want to feel more confident. They want to feel more centered. So what they can do is when they're in a relaxed state of mind, they can just remember a time in their life when they felt extremely confident, a time when they felt very uplifted, very sure of themselves, extremely motivated, and there was no nervousness, nothing. And just remember that time and feel those feelings in the body and feel them as strongly as you can. Visualize it, hear the smells, sorry, hear the sounds. If there was any smell in the environment, maybe somebody was wearing a perfume or maybe you were wearing a certain perfume or maybe there were flowers around, whatever it is, just feel it as if it was real right now, as if you were in that situation. You see the people around, you see it with all its details, with all the colors, all the sounds, all the fragrances and everything. And you just create that whole situation again in your mind. And then you create an anchor. And the anchor could be anything. Let's say you just put three fingers together, or it could be just two fingers together, or maybe just touching the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth, or maybe just patting your back. It could be anything. You pick your anchor. It doesn't matter what it is. So it could be something that nobody else will notice because sometimes, you know, you want to use your anchor publicly. So you don't want your anchor to be something like jumping up and down because you might want to be, want to keep it private. Right. So just use those, that three finger technique or maybe touching the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth or whatever simple, easy anchor that you want to use and just do that and repeat that a few times and repeat that over a number of days. And then you will start noticing that next time when you have to do maybe a presentation or maybe you have to talk to somebody, maybe talk to public at large, or maybe you are going for an interview, you do that right before your interview or you do that right before the presentation. And you will start seeing that more, the more you use this and the better you have anchored that particular experience during that interview, you will not have the feelings of nervousness anymore. You will have that same sensation that was created during that event in the past that you have anchored yourself to. So you can feel the same amount of enthusiasm, uh, upliftment, confidence, whatever it is that you were anchoring yourself to. And you could create an anchor for literally any positive emotion that you want to feel. And you want to feel that emotion, you know, like instantaneously without having to spend a lot of time with meditation and visualization. So anchoring is a very easy and short technique. And, and the technique is pretty simple. Just have a strong sensation, have a strong story from your past that you remember very clearly and just repeat it in your mind and just pick any anchor that is easy for you, three fingers or two fingers or just touching your back, touching the back of your neck, maybe pinching your ears. It could be anything, just something very simple. And you repeat that over and over and it just creates that experience and your brain automatically associates that experience, that feeling with that trigger. 
I love that. And I, I do. It's, it's one of my favorite NLP. It is, yeah. Because it's super easy. It's really powerful. Anybody, it is very powerful. Anybody yeah. can do it. You yeah. don't need to go see somebody. But the question I have is, do you think that there are times, because this is, I've thought about this a lot, and I think that we do. Do you mm-hmm. think that sometimes we accidentally anchor negative things? Yeah, we do. We do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that so, like, like if you have a toothache. Let's just, and you poke at it with your tongue, right? Yeah. Every time you poke at it, you worry mm-hmm. and think, oh crap, I've got to go to the dentist. I can't afford the dentist. Pretty soon when you're poking at that tooth with your tongue, you're thinking mm-hmm. thoughts of, of illness and lack of prosperity and things like that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, do I, that. I, I think so. And so yeah. while it's a powerful <laughs> technique for positive mm-hmm. change, um, also realize that you can do it inadvertently. Right. And, and um, try and catch yourself doing that before it gets set. Exactly. Yeah. That's why mindfulness is so important that, you know, if you're doing it mindlessly, then, you know, you don't have that awareness that I'm doing this. That's why, I mean, one of the things that I like to talk about even in my workshops is about the power of being mindful of your emotions, of your thoughts, of your intentions. Because sometimes we are just doing things on autopilot without even thinking about it much. But the more mindful we become, like this thing that you just pointed out, you were able to point this out because you have been mindful. Because people do this without even thinking about it. Right. But what mindfulness does is that it makes you realize. And that is really the first step to change. Without mindfulness, there would be no change because you would not even realize it. Right. Yeah, for sure. So I also noticed that you have an event coming up in one of my favorite places on the planet. Oh, is that a Sedona retreat? Yeah, I just got back from Sedona um, oh. uh, last month. I, we were down there for several days, and I just I love Sedona. So uh, you're doing a Sedona retreat, and uh, what's, when is it, and what's happening there? Yeah, so it's a three-day retreat. It's happening in June, so it's June 6th, 7th, and 8th, and... It's basically a Reiki yoga and meditation retreat. So there'll be Reiki sessions. There'll be Reiki workshop where I'll be teaching the Reiki level one, two, and three levels. There'll be plenty of opportunity to uh, do like treatments on one another, get a lot of Reiki hands-on practice. There will be an evening of meditation every day. And in the morning, we will begin with a yoga flow. Mm. So Why Sedona? Well, it is a place where I've been wanting to go for a really long time. I have never been to Sedona, but oh, I definitely you're gonna want dig to it. go to. Yes. Yeah, I definitely want to go to Sedona. It's amazing, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I've seen the pictures and I've been wanting to go there for a long time. And also, uh, I do this particular modality. It's called the Sedona Method. So, yeah. Tell, yeah. Me about the, tell me about the Sedona Method. Well, the Sedona Method is all about letting go and releasing so it is really about the art of surrendering, mm-hmm. surrendering to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Because often, you know, when we set goals and we set intentions and we do a whole lot of things for manifesting the life that we want to create, but sometimes we get so hung up on, you know, chasing the goals and chasing our dreams that it can actually be detrimental yeah. when you just forget everything else and you get too focused on those goals that you forget why you even had those goals at the first place. Yeah. So it's always good to have a certain level of detachment from your goals. Mm-hmm. And the Sedona method actually is a great tool for that. Hmm. I'll have to look into that because I don't know anything about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll have to definitely take a look at that and see what that is. I noticed on your website that you do that. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. But what, interesting. You're de- what you're describing, I think a lot of people kind of get there naturally. I know that until I finally thought, wow, I am not doing a great job of steering my own ship. Okay, universe, take it. And that's... Right, that's right. When, that is letting go. Yes. Yeah. That's when life took off for me. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes what happens is uh, people, you know, they just let go by themselves because, you know, sometimes you know, we hear these stories that from rags to riches or from riches to rags, yeah. that somebody was very successful and then all of a sudden they started losing everything. And they lost everything and then all of a sudden they again started gaining everything back. So what happens is sometimes when we have nothing else to lose, then there is no more fear of losing. There's nothing else that we are holding on to. So we finally just surrender. The things cannot be any worse, okay, and you kind of give up. 
Mm-hmm. And in that moment of giving up, you're actually surrendering to a higher power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in our culture, we have been taught by society to never give up, always keep striving and working hard and efforting so much. But there is a lot, there is a lot of power in giving up. And actually letting go and giving up are two very different concepts. Usually people use the word giving up in a negative way. Yes. But I would rather like to say, call it as letting go. So giving up is when you are saying, when you don't trust that there is a higher power, when you don't trust that you know, there is a power that has your back. So that is giving up. When yeah. you are in depression or apathy, when you don't trust that things are ever going to work out for you. So that is a very low vibrational place. But letting go actually is a place of utmost trust or faith that, you know, you are having your complete faith on the universe and you know that everything is already perfect just the way it is. So you are not striving hard to control things. You're not striving hard to make things conform to how you think they should be. So that is a very powerful state to be in when you just let go, just surrender. The power of surrendering is is quite powerful. And when you let go, when you surrender, then you actually create your, you know, the manifestations and happen more easily. The more you are able to surrender fully, the easier the manifestations happen. Yeah, occasionally I still fight it. Um. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but but not nearly as mu- not nearly as much as I have. And I I think that I appreciate that you explained the difference between letting go and giving up because, because that was kind of my mindset for a long time as well. I just can't give up. Yeah. And and what I realized is that what I was doing by having these very specific goals, what I was that I was limiting the universe. Mm -hmm. And when I just sort of say, okay, it's up to you now. I, I'll do what you want me to. It just goes Yeah, over. Yeah. It is surrendering to the divine will. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Cheryl. So I have a, yeah, I have a question about, about abundance then. I mean, this is kind of what, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and on your website, you say, if you are not living a life that you love, it is because you are not leveraging the universal laws in your favor. So right. can you talk a little bit more about how someone can better live a life that they love? you know, they could do, um, letting it go or what, you know, what else can they do? What other things can they do? Yeah. So I talk in, uh, like I talk in great detail about the universal principles in my abundance revolution program and workshops. And like, I can give an example of one of the universal principles, the law of singularity and the law of singularity really just says that we are all one. And it is kind of in line with what I was telling in the beginning of the interview that we are all extension of the same source energy. But because we tend to forget that, we forget who we truly are. Mm-hmm. We forget that we are all one. I mean, literally we are all one, but because we tend to forget that. So we have this universe created, which is really a place of high polarity or duality where there is a right, there is a wrong, there is up, there is down, there is light, there is darkness. And, this polarity is basically an illusion. And as long as you buy into that illusion, you will also have the illusion that you are separate from everybody else and from the whole universe, from the whole of creation. And then you will also automatically have, because you are separate, now you need to control everything that is happening around you to meet your own agenda. And basically the first agenda that we all have is our security and survival. That's the strongest program at a primal level that we have. Sorry. And so because we see ourselves as being so separate from everybody else, so there's always this constant fight for security and survival. And even though we are not living in caves anymore, we are not cavemen anymore, we we don't constantly have to protect ourselves constantly against the forces of nature or from wild animals, but we are constantly trying to protect ourselves from people or from situations that we think are detrimental to us or, you know, people whom we think are going to take away the things that we like mm-hmm. or situations that are going to take away the things that we want. And so that is like when we go against the universal principles we literally make our lives more harder 
Mm-hmm. So just remembering the universal principles, just remembering the law of singularity, that we are all one, and actually looking for opportunities to practice that. And by opportunities, I mean, instead of thinking of your success as an individual thing, which is only about you achieving your goals, if you can make it a team endeavor, where it is not just about you anymore, but about the success of everybody included. So that just creates exponential success and exponential abundance when you start living in accordance with the universal principles. And that was just one of the examples. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, when they say coming from a place of love instead of hate or anger, obviously that's going to bring in more love, not only to your own environment, but yeah, to because other people. That's right. Because since everything is one, So Mm -hmm. when you love somebody, you just love yourself. When you hate somebody, you are hating yourself. Mm -hmm. And it might seem very extreme right now, but it is actually really like that. It might sound that, how is that possible? If somebody does something bad to me, I am supposed to hate that person. I am supposed to be angry. But really at the end of the day, hatred or anger or any of those negative emotions, they affect you more than they are affecting the other person. I mean, the other person might not even be aware that you hate them or you are angry at them. And maybe the other person is aware, but does not even care. So anger and the hatred is really affecting you more than it is affecting the other person. And we are, because we are energetically interconnected, the interconnection is really because we are energetically one. We are extension of the same source energy. So whatever negative energy or positive energy we hold for somebody else we really hold it for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that just makes a whole lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that does. (laughs) Um, And uh, Karen, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just, I was going to let you lead into it. So Annie, you had an exercise that you were going to do with us and for our listeners. And so we have like about 15 minutes left. So we can do that for about 10 minutes and then we can shamelessly (laughs) self-promote. Sound like a plan? All right. Sounds like a great plan. Cool. Take it away. So, all right. So the exercise is really for, since, I mean, there's the beginning of the new year and people generally have new year resolutions and, you know, goals and intentions for the year. So I created this exercise and it is a meditation exercise come NLP. I have used some NLP principles in this exercise. And before beginning the exercise, it's a good idea to bring to mind maybe certain goals that you have. And I have just a few general guidelines for setting goals because sometimes people tend to set goals Uh, using negative wording, and that does not help. So certain guidelines that I have learned and that have been very helpful to me is like phrasing your goals in the now. So always thinking of it as something that is already here and now, not something that will happen in the future. So if you want to manifest a dream job or a car or a house, then, you know, framing it like I already have that job. Or at the very least, if it is too big of a jump to imagine it, you know, imagine yourself as having it, then at least framing it like I allow myself to have such and such, you know, fill in the blank. So at least framing it that you are allowing yourself to have it right here, right now. And of course, phrasing the goal in the positive, always making it a positive statement and not a negative statement. And include yourself in the goal statement. Don't make your goals about somebody else. Like, don't have a goal where, you know, I want my daughter to get married by the end of the year or (laughs) I want somebody to have something by the end of the year. Because sometimes people tend to have goals for others and they think that they can visualize and make things happen for others, which they can, but only if it is in alignment with what the other person also wants for themselves. So it's just good to have goals for yourself, include yourself in the goal. And be specific, but not limiting. (coughs) Excuse me. So what I mean by that is, don't be vague like, I want to be rich, because that is very vague. So be specific, let's say, you know, I want to be a millionaire, but not so specific that I want to make a million dollar, because then you are putting a limitation on the universe, what the universe can bring. 
Because what if the universe wants to bring you 10 million? So instead of saying, I want to make a million dollar a year, just, you know, write, I want to be a millionaire. That was just an example. And also eliminate the word want from your intentions, from your goal statements. Because wanting and having are two very different vibrations. When you want something, it means that you don't have it already. So instead, making the goals in the current situation, like it is here and now, is better than making something using a want statement, that I want to be fit, I want to be healthy. Instead of that, just making it, I am fit and healthy. Well, I am my ideal weight. And state the end result, but not the means of achieving it. Because the means of achieving it will be really based on the universe. The universe can bring to you things in manner that you cannot you know, possibly imagine. So leave that onto the universe, but just state the end result of what you want. And also your goal should be worded in a way that it feels good to you, that it motivates you. When you think about it, it should motivate you, it should make you feel good. So keeping those few guidelines in mind, if you just you know, write down a few goals that you want to work upon, and then what I generally ask people to do is take one goal at a time, write that goal down, and then think about what all emotions or stories that that particular goal triggers in you. For instance, let's say if you have a monetary goal or a health goal, and you write down something like, I allow myself to have a net income of such and such amount per month or per year. But when you write that down, you have this thought or this feeling that I don't have enough time to do that. I don't have the qualifications to do that. Or this will never happen for me. So if you have such thoughts coming up, then write down those thoughts as well. So once you have written down maybe one or two of your goal statements and some of the thoughts that comes to your mind when you think about that goal statement, and it could be a positive thought too, and write down the positive thoughts as well. But this exercise that I created that is mainly for letting go of the negative stories that we have created over the years and that we tell ourselves all the time uh, related to our goals that makes it harder for us to achieve those goals. And sometimes what happens is these stories we create because maybe we experienced something as a child or maybe something even as an adult or maybe we didn't even experience it firsthand ourselves, but we saw our parents experience something or somebody very close experienced something. And because, because we saw somebody else experience something negative, we imagined that it could happen to us as well. So once you have that goal statement written down and you have a few of those limiting beliefs written down, then think about a moment in the past from where you picked up that negative belief. For instance, if it is a negative belief about not having enough money or not being able to make enough money, then look back into the past and see where in your past did you pick up that story. Maybe it was in your childhood when you saw your parents struggle for money. Or maybe it was not your parents, maybe you saw your relatives or maybe friends, or maybe it was your own personal experience. But you don't have to spend too much time thinking about any specific story. Just pick up the very first story that comes to your mind. And once you, <clears throat> sorry, once you have that story ready, just play that story as a movie in your mind. Just close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and go back to that story and play it in your mind. Play it as clearly as you can, as if it is happening right now. And become very aware of how you are feeling when that story is unfolding. What are people around you doing? What are they talking about? What other sounds and noises are there in the background? Are there any specific fragrances? Any specific colors? See it as if you are living it right now. 
And once you have played the story from the beginning till the end, just get aware of how it feels. And on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is, it has zero emotional intensity, like no emotional intensity, and 10 is extremely intense, just see where you are on the scale, just for your own reference. And now we are going to pick a theme music. So just pick a music which is in complete contrast to the feelings that this particular story that you just played in your mind, if that story was a sad story, then pick a music that was happy. If this was an embarrassing story, then pick a music that was uplifting, that makes you feel confident. So whatever the theme of the story is, pick a music that is in total contrast to that story. Once you have selected the music, start playing that music loud and clear in your mind. And now that the music is playing loudly and clearly in your mind, start watching that movie again, the same old movie that you played previously. Watch that movie with this background music that you just picked. Watch the whole movie unfold from the beginning to the end. And once you are done, then just go back to the movie again and play the movie again in your mind without the music this time and see how it feels. In most situations, when you repeat the movie again in your mind, the intensity should have decreased. And in certain cases, it might even find, you might even find the story hilarious or you might have some new perspective on the same story that you never had before. And now check to see how intense your feelings are compared to the very first time when you saw the movie in your mind. And your aim is to get the intensity. Let's say if the intensity previously was a six or a seven, your aim is to bring the intensity down to one or a two. So if the intensity is not low enough, then you can repeat it again, play the same, same movie again, but this time with a different theme music. So you can try different types of music. You can pick a different music, start playing that in your mind, and then start playing the movie again. Play it from the beginning, watch the whole movie unfold with this new theme music. And once you are done, then just check back and see if your level of intensity changed and if you have any new insights about the old story. So this is a very powerful NLP technique to reprogram your old stories because often we have these old stories playing subconsciously in our minds and we are not aware of them consciously. We write our goals down and we have these big goals and dreams and ambitions, but in the back of our mind, we have hundreds of such programs running, which is constantly draining your energy, so to speak. It's like in your telephone, in your mobile, if you have multiple apps running at the same time, it drains your battery quickly. So we have so many programs running at the same time that it just drains us energetically. And that's why at the end of the day, we don't have the amount of energy or focus that we need to actually manifest our goals. And I would suggest that you do this process with each and every one of your goals. And if you wrote down multiple negative beliefs about each goal, then I would suggest repeating this exercise with each of those negative beliefs. Pick one negative belief at a time and look for where in the past you picked up that belief. What happened? Did something happen to you? Maybe something in your family, maybe something to a colleague or maybe to a friend, something that you observed in the past. Maybe you picked it up from watching a movie or something, maybe from watching a television series. Could be anything. Just go back to whatever first thing that comes to your mind. You don't have to overthink this. Just pick the first story that comes to your mind and just work with that. And just one by one, start 
reprogramming all these negative beliefs into a more empowering and positive one. So that worked really well. I've got to tell you, I, I just did it really quickly as you were talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, the thing that I was visualizing wasn't super intense. It was like maybe a three or a four. But okay. once I started playing that bouncy music with it, man, mm -hmm. it was gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, actually, I would recommend not to go with, you know, in extremely intense stories like a nine or a 10, especially yeah. when you're doing it the very first time. Yeah. I would say maybe go with something that is six or seven, maybe even eight, but not to go into something extremely, uh, not something that is you are very sensitive about, something that is very intense, right. especially when you're doing the first time. But once you get the hang of it, then sure, then you can take more intense stories and then you can, it doesn't matter how negative that particular story is, you can always transform it into something more positive. Hmm. Well, I really like that. That's a great exercise and that's a great tool that our readers or our readers, I'm not writing a book, I'm <laughs> that our listeners can use. So thank you. That's really great. So You're I welcome. Wanted, I wanted to ask you the same thing we ask everybody as we get to the close of the show. And that is, um, can you list one or two things that you do intentionally that you bring intentional living into your life that our readers can try or our readers, our listeners can try? Yeah. Lord. yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I love to do in the morning, the first thing in the morning while I'm having my tea or coffee is I just love listening to something inspirational. So either I listen to something inspirational or I read something inspirational. So it really depends. I don't always stick to the same routine. I mix it up to keep it interesting. But more or less, these are the combination of things that I do. So if I'm listening to something, then usually I'm listening to Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you have heard about Abraham Hicks. I love Abraham Hicks. Absolutely. Yeah, I love Abraham Hicks too. Yeah. So I just love listening to their YouTube videos. So mm -hmm. sometimes in the morning, I begin you know, listening to their YouTube videos while having my morning tea or coffee. Or I might just read some inspirational book. Like lately, I finished reading a book called Be As You Are, The Teachings of Sri Ramana Maharishi. That is a very good book on consciousness about how to practice self-inquiry and also like consciousness and the absolute, like what I was talking about, uh, everything being one. So it's all about really that. So that was a very interesting book. So sometimes I read a book, sometimes I'm listening to Abram Hicks. Then after that, I like to do a little bit of journaling. So I have my gratitude journal and I just love to write down for maybe 10, 15 minutes things that I'm grateful for. That just brings me to a more appreciative and a higher vibrational state, I feel. It just makes me feel good the whole day. Sometimes I might even do gratitude journaling maybe at night before going to bed. Or maybe sometimes it might be even afternoon. I don't really always have a fixed time, but usually I try to do it first thing in the morning. And then the next thing I do is I meditate. I try to do it for like 20 to 30 minutes. But depending on the amount of time I have, I might just do it for 15 minutes or maybe just 10 minutes. And once in a while, if I don't feel like meditating, then I might even use the Sedona method that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. That is a process of letting go or surrendering. And there are these number of exercises that I can just do. I can bring to mind things that I have been holding on to and just do those exercises for just letting go and surrendering. So yeah, those are pretty much my regular things that I pretty much do on a daily basis. I mix them up. Sometimes I might not do the Sedona method. Sometimes I might just do meditation. Sometimes I might just do a little bit of yoga instead of meditation or the Sedona method. Then I might do meditation at night. But in the morning, I generally stick to, for sure, listening to something inspirational or reading something inspirational. I like to begin my morning with something inspirational for sure. And I definitely also love doing the gratitude journaling in the morning. Do you feel like um, writing it down is more powerful than just thinking of things you're grateful for? Yeah, I do feel that because writing just brings your focus so much more just because the activity is so physical and it is also slower than thinking. Yeah. And sometimes in your mind, you can just get distracted and not even realize it. Right. Start thinking about something else. Yes. But writing definitely makes you focus more strongly. It's a more stronger point of focus. 
Cool. All right. And finally, before we let you go, please tell our listeners, look at, I got it right that time. Um, (laughs) Please tell our listeners where they can learn more about you, where they can learn about your Sedona retreat, about the uh, programs that you have and the book that you wrote and all of those things. Sure. Yeah. So my website is anindatapolis.com. And yeah, my name can be a tongue twister. So let me just spell that out. It's A as an alpha, N Nancy, N Nancy, I indigo, N Nancy, D David, I indigo, T tango, A alpha, P as in Peter, A alpha, L Larry, A alpha, U as an umbrella, S Sam. That is anindatapolis.com. So uh, you'll find all information about my workshops and my retreats on my website, as well as my coaching sessions that I do. And the Sedona retreat is, as I mentioned, is happening from June 6th to June 8th. And uh, there's an early bird pricing that is ending on January 31st. So if people sign up before that, they can get a $200 off on the retreat. And I mainly teach my live workshops here in Florida. So you'll find all the information about my upcoming workshops, which are happening I have a Reiki workshop coming up, also meditation mastery workshop coming up here in Florida. But I do also have a lot of webinars, live webinars that I do. And you can find all that information under the programs. When you go to my website, there is a programs tab on the top. And under the programs, actually, sorry, it is on the events. So under the events, there are the different events, meditation event, abundance revolution event, the Reiki complete healing event, Sedona retreat. So depending on what kind of workshop you're looking for, if you just pick that particular option, meditation or Reiki or the Abundance Revolution program or the Sedona retreat. So once you click on that, then you'll see the upcoming dates. And I keep on updating the upcoming dates for the webinars as well, for the live webinars that I do. And the live webinars are pretty much exactly the same material that I cover in my workshops. So there is really no difference between the live webinars and the workshops. The material is exactly the same. The only difference being that you don't see me in person. But of course, you can always ask me questions. And, you know, even after the webinar is over, people can always get in touch with me if they have any questions or anything that, you know, that they feel needs to be answered. And yeah, and you can find more information about the coaching sessions too on my website, anindatapolis.com. I also have a YouTube channel, it's called Anandita Paulus TV. And I have not been very active on YouTube, but this year that is one of my goals to post more videos on YouTube. I already have like 100 plus video ideas, which I was gathering last year, but I never recorded those videos. But I am quite optimistic that this year I'm going to record those videos finally. So that is one thing. And my book is available on Amazon. It's called The Healing Sutras. And it is available for purchase on Amazon. You can also buy it on my website. And the healing sutras, like the name suggests, is really about the different healing modalities. I talk about energy healing, about color therapy, crystal healing, meditation. I basically touch base upon a whole lot of different healing modalities just to you know, give people a taste of different types of healing modalities so they can have a basic idea and also start working with those techniques. Actually, the book is full of a lot of different techniques and tips and tricks that people can immediately start applying on themselves. And that is available on Amazon. Okay. All right. You have a busy year coming up, it sounds like. You're going to be in front of the camera a lot. Well, I do hope to. That's uh, (laughs) that's the intention, yes. (laughs) And I suspect that you will do that. Well, Annie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm glad that Cheryl finally solved the mystery of of her thinking you hadn't been and me sure that you had. Yeah, I'm glad too. In fact, I need to look if I have that link saved somewhere. If not, then maybe I'll get in touch with Cheryl and ask her to share the link with me again. Absolutely. Yes. Thank Thank you you so much much for joining us again. And I do hope that we get to talk to you again in the future. Me too. It was really Um, nice talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you too. Okay, so that is it for this episode of Intention is Everything. Um, You know, we just, I would love to promote our guests ahead of time, but Cheryl and I seem to be flying by the seat of our pants. We're okay with that, aren't we? We just go with the flow, you know. We just go with the flow. So we will be back in two weeks with uh, another guest. 
Thank you everybody for listening and have a great rest of your month.